0: we are gathered here tonight for evening with the parson, and of course the parson is one and only D.L. Welch. This is for him to kind of go over his long road in the ministry. And uh, what we'd like you to do to begin with tonight, Brother Welch, is to tell him about where you're from and when you first heard about Pentecost. Let's just start at the very beginning. What kind of place you're from, and how you heard about Pentecost, and not all that, but how you got into Pentecost, so we're going to turn it over to you, okay?
1: I'm from Louisiana, and in, in the early part of my life, I didn't know much about church. I wasn't an atheist, but my people just didn't go to church. They drank good whiskey and bet you'd live or die. They good citizen, well thought of, but not churchy. I went a few times and the people that went through churches then that I knew was no better than I was, so they do the same things I did. One deacon in a church, on Wednesday night he could drink as much whiskey as I could and Sunday he walk around and like a hooked kid. I asked my mother, I said, what's the matter with them? He said, he's got religion. I said, if that's the kind, I don't believe I want the kind he's got. And I always did believe that God was right. I wasn't right, but I believe he was. And I figured that anyone that had lived for God had to live right, or either they, they're just kidding themselves. So the first time I heard about the Pentecostal people, they said they were going to have a baptizing up on the Mission River, and... Said the way they baptize them, they roll them in the water. Said they got them on the bank, to roll them in. I thought they did. I went up there expecting to see that. And I said to myself, well, if any of pretty big, the bank is kind of flat. I said, yeah, trouble will roll them in there. I said that to myself. In a little while, a preacher came down the little path wheel, a little pathway, and he was a funny looking little fellow. Women, men followed him. and women all had long hair and long dresses. Men all had short hair and trousers and shirts on. He'd take one baptism and say, baptize, baptize you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And he'd come up, some, speaking like a Frenchman. I wondered what that was. But all the way back, I wondered why they told me that about him. I said to myself, What unseen power! Caused them to tell me the lies about the people. They do it. Well, they came down then, the preacher did, in a little schoolhouse down near where I lived, and I got to go on Duke Rossi mostly. There's <laughs> some place to go, and it'd come to the altar, and they would holler, hold on, somebody'd say, turn loose, brother, and I'd say, hold on, brother. And I wondered what that meant. How could you turn loose and hold on at the same time? <laughs> and uh, I kept watching him, And uh, a strange thing began to happen to me. <coughs> I began to feel sorry for what wrong I did. I never had been there before. I'll leave as I please and people are like, I jump the river for all I cared. It's nothing to me. But I began to feel sorry for the wrong I've done. And I wondered what's the matter with me. I kept going. and. And finally I come to this realization that it was God dealing with me. And that frightened me. My people didn't believe in this religion. My mother told me she'd rather see me six foot on the ground dead than to be in this church. But I kept going. And one night, God dealt with me specifically. I went to the altar. And I went down there and knelt down. And I said, Lord, give me the Holy Ghost. That's all I said. That's all I got. I thought he'd be glad to get me, but it didn't seem like he was all that eager to get me. And I went back home, and the devil said to me, He said, If I should go back no more. I said, Well, I don't feel well. But the next night, when the sun was sick in the west, my brother Howard said to me, he said, You going to church tonight? I said, Yeah, be your will be well. I kept praying and I couldn't get the Holy Ghost. And the devil told me, he said, you blasphemed it. I had heard him preach about that. said, you'll never get it. He said, you might as well quit now. You'll never get it. And uh, the, the night I received the Holy Ghost, I went down there 15 minutes. I had been looking down like God's in the ground. That night, I looked up, my hands flew up. And I wasn't there 15 minutes till the Spirit of the Lord came in me. I come in speaking like a Chinaman or a Frenchman and whatnot. All and only just one bit rolling out of me. All the way home and my feet are hit the bottom of the vehicle, that's right, and Yes, I, did. I got home that night and my mother said to my brother Howard, she said, Howard, did anybody get the Holy Ghost tonight? It happened all over again. Power of the Lord hit me and I come in shouting, kicking over chairs and tables and when I got through, I had the house to myself, just as quiet as sound as death. But the battle got hot. I had a sister in Memphis. I went to Memphis, left home. She was a nightclub one night and a juke joint the next night. And I got there, and my middle name was Lamar, she called me Barr. Said, Bar, said, we going to have a dance tonight. Said, there's a pretty girl, i got to go with you. Said, you Have a cigarette. I said, no, Bert, I don't smoke. Back them days, they drink homebrew. She pulled out a bottle of homebrew. I said, I don't drink anymore. She said, what's the matter with you? I said, I got religion. She said, that's all right, but you got too much. (laughs) Well, I didn't want to fend too much, so I just went and found me a place to room. I got me a job. And I told her, I said, now, Bert, I said, I love you, but I said, I live different to what you do now, and I said, the best that I just get in my own way and live that way, and I found an old family that had a rooming house, a boarding house, and I went and talked to them, I mean, the price was right, and so, uh, just before we closed the deal, she said to me, said, now you can come and go when you want to, but said, we're Pentecostal people, we pray. I said, put her there, you my my folks." Right. The man I got the job with, his name was Hersey, one man that worked there, and his hand slipped on the machine and instead of cursing. He said, praise the Lord. He looked at me kind of funny. I said, you talking my language, go ahead. So I stayed in Memphis about a year, nearly a year, and uh, my Jim's superintendent, Mr. Robson, came to the plant one day and said, else well, so you ever call home? I said, I haven't done home. I said, I'm a pilgrim without a home, Mr. Robson. I said, don't have any. What about your people? I said, don't have any people. Well, he said, your mother's trying to get in touch with you. I said, my mother? I said, how do you know? He said, the police department, they contacted the police department. Well, I thought some of them might be dead or sick, so I called home. They wanted me to come home, and I did. I went home and got married, and that preach was in me, I could tell it all the time. I could see myself preaching to thousands of people. When I was working in Memphis, I could see myself doing that. I got to testify one night, it hit me just like the baptism of the Holy Ghost. I come in preaching in the house of fire. They're shouting and I was preaching. I knew that was it. <coughs> A young couple had just got married and I went to them and told them, I said, I won't need my furniture anymore. I'm going to give it to you all. i am fixing to go preaching. Yeah, but I won't need it. I got a hold of a little old ambulance. They used in World War One. It was a four-cylinder Dodge. And uh, it had, looked uh, like a little panel truck, but it was an ambulance they used in World War I. I love my wife baby, and baby. Things in that thing. The seat was on the windshield of, in the middle of winter time. I found an old abandoned church in Butte, Mississippi that I could get. <clears throat> I went there and preached three weeks, nobody can say. I went back to Louisiana on the they ordained me, they were having a little camp meeting and they got around me and prayed for me and ordained me. I went back and preached three more weeks, nobody can say, December, you did know mean me, me, me very much good, oh, no. I don't know why. And then I ran out of money <clears throat> on Elm Road, Mississippi. And out broke, flat, rocky gravel road. I said, Lord, this is me. The devil said, you go back home. Your mother was right. She had an easy way of making money. I said, you go back. I got mad at the devil. I said, devil, I want to preach and sacrifice. I'll never stop. Young fellow come up and give me some gas, and I kept moving. Next meeting, nobody got saved. The devil kept talking to me. Next meeting, 33, got the Holy Ghost. I said, now Satan, you sit down and let me talk. You're through now. Next place, I baptized about 100. Next place, I baptized 175. He just kept rolling. And uh, <clears throat> then in building these churches, the... The difference between now and then was this. It was new. <clears throat> They'd never heard anybody speak in tongues, you see. It created quiet excitement. Of course, you don't do that now because, sad to say, many people now that are spoken in tongues fail and be wrong. and So it, it, it's kinda like the fellow Missouri now a question of, I'll wait and see if you're right or not. But then it was different, you see. They never heard nothing like that. You can imagine, if you went to a place and you never heard nobody speak in tongues. Never heard it practiced nowhere. And what a, what an excitement it caused you, Will thousands of people. Uh, where I baptized at 175, uh, a fellow gave me a big old building he ran for sheriff in that county, Mississippi. And there's a young, brown headed woman one night. Came to the and she had devils in her. She fell out like a dog with a fit foaming to mouth. And they broke that building down, rushing up there to see what, what was going on. Because we cast the devils out of her and she had all right. I just moved out in the open, <clears throat> built me a platform, and built me a big pen like a cow pen. And when i give all the call, i let the bars down, let them in, and then put them back up. and would stomp them to death. Wall of people all around me, just a wall of people. <clears throat> and <clears throat> in these new places, that's where I preached. I didn't preach churches much. I, I built churches. I preached very few meetings in established churches in my time. I just built churches. i go in a place and battle it away and build one. <clears throat> with the people I got converted, And with the money I could raise, no home missions or foreign missions, there wasn't any then. And of course it was not churches like we build now, it was wooden buildings and there were churches all right. And uh, later on they kept growing in that. And then in southern Louisiana, I was among the Cajun people. And there's a big Baptist group there. And a lot of 'em got the Holy Ghost. Well those that didn't get it got mad. <coughs> I mean real mad. And I had a house where I'd go down and pray every day. And I come out of there one day and there's two well-dressed young men standing there, the Baptist ministers. They said to me, said, uh, You the you the fellas whole that meeting here and I said, Yes, sir. I said, You got this town a pretty good stir. I said, Thank the Lord. Need stir. <laughs> said, we were wondering if you'd stand and defend what you preach in a public discussion. I said, yeah. What I preach don't need nobody's sympathy. I said, it'll stand on its own. Yeah. Well, in the meantime, they said, I said, which one of you fellas want to meet me? They said, not neither one of us. It's a brother Lea Oliveira. That was a Frenchman out of Rompelousas. He's a Roman Catholic priest. He left the Catholic Church and got married, joined the Baptist Church and was a missionary to the Baptists in southern Louisiana among the French people." I said, yeah, I'll meet Well, the French Pentecostal preachers, after I agreed to do that, came to me and said, Brother Welch, you've done the wrong thing. I said, that fellow would get mad, I said he got a terrible temper, and said, well, I said, I can't back out now, boys. I said, if you've never got a weak stomach, you just have to stay home, because me and him fixing rock horns like two old Brahma bulls right there in that tent, uh, auditorium. He came in big, nice, a good guy. Like a big army general. I wasn't very old then, and I weighed about 150 pounds. kind of beans talk like? And they pointed me out to him. He said, you mean this lad here is the man I'm on the bait? And he said, well, he's just a lad. I thought about Dave and the giant, but I didn't say nothing. <laughs> I went down to that old house, and I prayed this way. I said, God, whatever... It's right. Let me command this debate. Your word I respect and honor, and you have power to run it like you want to. And he killed himself just as dead. He done what they said he'd do. He, get mad, he turned purple in face. One of these members of business, that a French lady, said to him, said, can I ask you a question? I said, Yes. She said, it's against um, the Bible for a member of any church to shout. She was a Baptist woman. He said, no, what the, the think I shouted, about?" the laughter just went across that big <laughs> of oh, yes. mm-hmm. Well, he knew the crowd was BC. he knew that. I just acted nice and took the scripture and showed him the truth. I showed him where it wasn't, he wasn't baptized, right? He wasn't a member of the New Testament church. According to the scriptures and I just calmly done it in a nice way. Well, he was smart. He knew that I had the audience with me. He knew that. So, the last 30 minutes <clears> that he came, he had a little satchel. He pulled a bottle of carbolic acid out of that satchel and laid on the podium. He said, The Bible said, prove all things. You know, I'm going to prove this man's a liar and an imposter. He went to Mark the 16th chapter where it said, These signs shall follow them and My name is Castile Devils, and you speak in new tongues. And if they drink any dead the thing, he emphasized that it shall not hurt them. He looked at me and said, If you can lay your bony fingers on a sick man's head and him get well, if you can speak in a supernatural language, you can drink this bottle of carbolic acid and it won't hurt you. He said, Drink it, blood, and die dead, dead. dead. <laughs> I said, to him, like a child, until he got through. <laughs> Just looked at him. And when he got through, I <clears throat> got to answer him. I said, Well, I will forgive to give Mr. Oliver credit for one thing. I said, He's a smart man. I said, It takes a smart man to know when he lost something. And I said, Mr. Oliver knows he's lost his debate. I said, The fact is, he knows that you know he's lost it. I said, all through this debate, the spirit of this man is manifested. I said, I know you Baptist people are ashamed of you. I said, my mother was a Baptist as far as what little religion she had. But I said, the way he's acting, I said, if this debate was to be held over, this man wouldn't be here. You wouldn't have him here. But I said, I built my scaffold before it cut his head off, see. But I said, this is nothing new. Something happened like this nearly 2,000 years ago. I said, Satan came to my master and said to him, said, now, Jesus, I don't know whether you're the Son of God or not, but if you lose do something, if you'll turn these rocks to bread, then I'll believe in And I said, Mr. Oliver, in as much as it, you're in check at this end of this discussion, it affords me great pleasure to tell you what my master told you, Pappy about 2,000 years ago, that was getting behind me, on, you see. <laughs> he was He announced a meeting against me, and the next night he had over 35 people in. Oh, I had probably 2,000 attend. Back there, you know, in a little while, he was back in the back, cutting up. And the chief police said, we got saved my meeting there in town? He said, Preacher, I see your pest back there. And I said, if he cuts up, I'm going to put him in jail. I said, Why are you want to do what you want to with him? I said, I got rid of him last night. And there's a fellow, Fulton that belonged to that church when they had that together that night, got up and told him, He said, Now listen. He said, I won't be back no more. He said, That fellow outside has showed me that I haven't got anything. And I've got just as much as you people got. He said, now If you're willing to stay here and go to hell, that's your business, but I'm headed to that tent to get saved. His mother died in one of our churches in Freeport. That was the first discussion I had. And I guess, uh, uh, really, it was the best educated man because he a Catholic priest. He'd been in school a long time. And then after that, when our people get to fussing and argue, mm-hmm. they sent me. And that's why I had so many of them. I'll just tell you a few things that happened, <laughs> some of them. I was a big one, one time, and there's a bald headed man sitting out there in front of us. He didn't believe in miracles, of course. He said, Mr. Welch, he said, if you could perform miracles, said, go some hell on this man's <laughs> head. Said he'd appreciate it, Mr. Just a little furs will suffice, just a little furs, Mr. <laughs> and oh he laughed at some woman out there and said, Well, about the middle of my speech, company, I said, Oh my opponent. I said, injected this man's I said, I didn't do it. He did. If a man's embarrassed, he don't, I didn't do it. But he made mention about his head being bare, and I got to thinking about heads. In fact, I was thinking about two one bare and one empty. And I wouldn't know whether to ask God to put something on or put something in. I think I'll bypass both of them. Another time I was in Miami, <laughs> a fellow named Duncan. You know, they don't believe in the organization, church Castro. No. They don't believe in all, they call all manuals creed books. They don't believe in the organization at all. They work out in the East Church, work out in this stuff. And Mr. Duncan got a hold of one of our manuals. At that time, we paid $12 $18 a year to headquarters, headquarters fee. And he got over of one of our manuals, and the he was a rage. And he said, Mr. Welch and his brother have to pay $18, yes, yeah, and his creed book says so, right <laughs> here, said, his creed book says so, right here. And when I got up to answer, Ray, I said, Mr. Duncan, I said, he said, me and my brother don't have to pay nothing. I said, I will probably disagree with you, Ray, on everything but one thing. I said, there's one thing that you said that I'll probably wholeheartedly agree with you whatever, you brought our manual out here and called it a creed book and showed that in there that it stated we brethren, me and my brethren, paid $18 a year to headquarters. And I said, Ray, you, he said, you said, you and your brother didn't pay nothing. I said, Mr. Duncan, I don't blame you one bit. I said, I wouldn't pay nothing either to preach what you preach. <laughs> I said, it's worth $18 you had to preach what I preach. <laughs> and I could go on for hours and things like that. And I ran into see. But uh, in this debating, I received an education that perhaps I'd have never got any other way. I studied religion like studying law, all religions. In cities where I preach, <coughs> there'd be big libraries with all kinds of encyclopedias, ancient histories. And I'd go now for hours and hours. I'd take this church and I'd check it who started, what started, when started, what the tenets of faith were. Then the next one, and then the next one, and the next one, and the next one, right on down the line. I studied all of them. And uh, then the Catholic Church actually is far older than any so-called Protestant religion. No Protestant church is only 600 years old. Now, in the 12th century, the Catholic Church split, and the Eastern part of the Catholic Church Constantinople and the eastern part of the Catholic Church, pulled away from the Roman Catholic Church and would not recognize the infallibility of the Pope and started what is known as the Russian or Greek Orthodox. It's one down here on Garden Street. That happened in the 12th century, and the Catholics call it the Maccabean Heresy. And then you go back to the 3rd century in Nicaea, And that was the beginning of the Catholic Church uh, in Nicaea and then the next convention and the next one. They dealt with the the Godhead. They took the word Logos in John 1 and 1, the Greek word Logos, where it said in the beginning was the word, that comes from the Greek word Logos. The Logos was with God, the Logos was God. And they tried to separate the Logos from God and make another person out of it. They didn't deal with the Holy Ghost in that convention. Excuse me, I think it was the next one Chalcedon or uh, the next convention. And then they taught that the Spirit of God was a third person of God. And it took 350 years from Nicaea in 325 until the 11th Council of Leaders. 675 in Spain, till they settle on the dogmas that they have held you down through time. And Cardinal Gibbons made this statement in Baltimore years ago. He's dead now. He said everybody that was baptized in the Trinity Dogma was in reality a Catholic because of what branch of religion he belonged to because the Catholics developed the dogma and the Catholics teach baptism is essential to salvation. That's why they baptize babies. They don't baptize, they sprinkle, but they call it baptizing. But they teach that it's essential to salvation. That's why they baptize babies. And then the Protestant church religion started, in Germany, Luther started, and in England, King Henry VIII. And both of them were Catholic, was priests, well, Henry wasn't, he was a Catholic king. And the Pope let King Henry the Eighth marry one time and he wouldn't let him marry the second time. So he pulled the British Empire out of the Roman Catholic Church and started the Evangelical or the Church of England. That's how it came And then. Martin Luther, at the same time in Germany, tried to reprove the Catholic Church, and they disfellowshipped him in Worms, Germany. And he, of course, Luther was a priest, and he married also. And the Catholics claimed this that the reason why that Luther left the Catholic Church was because he wanted to marry. I was in Germany preaching and I went to Worms, Germany, that's where they tried Martin Luther, the Catholic Church tried him. And it's him in Worms, Germany. I went to the big old cathedral there, what happened. And across the street in a public park is a statue of Martin Luther and John Huss, who not on the Catholic property. But I read about it instead of while I was in Germany, I went and saw it. And so that is a background of religions other than the original religion. A fellow asked me not long ago, he a preacher. he said, there's so many churches, so many religions in the world. He said, which one is right? I said, well, probably you might claim yours is right, he might claim his is right. And I said, uh, everybody probably would claim, make the claim whether or not. But I said, suppose you don't know our one, Then you found the Bible. You'd never seen one before. And you had a friend on that island and you and him got to read. And uh, you finally began to believe in God. And then you got more convinced about Him. And finally you decided that you would find God. And then I said, the only thing I could tell you, the safe thing, is to go back to the record of his church when he established it in the Bible. Take the Bible for your guide and adopt the same tenets of faith that these men had that wrote the New Testament, the apostles and the early church. And by virtue of that, you belong to the same church they belong to. That's right. And that is right. You see, Jesus built his church. And the Bible said he placed in the church, that is the one he built, first apostles. The apostles belonged to the church he built. It. Now, not these others, I can't, can't vouch for them. I can only vouch for his church. The apostles belonged to the one he built. And they wrote his last will and testament, which we call the New Testament, and gave it to the world. That's right. And if they was wrong, just forget the whole thing. Throw it overboard if they were wrong. Just forget it. Just forget it. If they were wrong, forget it. Like not long ago, two Mormon boys come down to my church to witness to me. These boys that ride the bicycles, you know. And uh, they said, Can you witness know says Oh, yeah, come in. I'd be glad to have you witness to me. They came in. Of course, I knew what they believed. I was out in Arizona when they built that temple at Mace. I lived out there. I probably knew the religion better than they did. But they came in and they began to tell me about the church. The church had apostles in it and prophets and this, that, and the other. No, I knew they believed that. Well I said now maybe next week another bunch come along and say their church has apostles different to your apostles. I said the Bible teaches of true apostles and false apostles. I said, What would I, how could I believe? I said, oh, by the way, do you want to be the 12 are true. <laughs> They're a little slow and handsome. When they did, I knew head of. no way out of it then. I had them I said, now, if the 12 are true, <clears throat> I said, any group of religion claiming to be the apostles of God today, I said, would have to preach the same thing they did. And I began to venture a little bit. I said, I knew what they believed. Joe Smith was a Trinitarian. He started the wrong Mormon Church in New York State. And uh, so I knew what they believed. And so finally I paralleled them with the apostles and found them far away from them. I said, Now, boys, I admire you, young men. Your families pay your expenses. The church don't even have to pay it. You're so sold on your religion to your families furnish some money to pay you expenses. Well, you say you do it uh foreign mission home mission i worked for the mormon church but i said boys you're just as lost as you can be i said now i'm going to be your friend to tell you that some people might kind of dilly-dally around and try to do this or do that but i'm a friend to you boys i love you i'm gonna tell you the truth and unless you adopt the apostle's doctrine (coughs) you'll never reach the heaven where those men are unless you adopt it." He said, well, we got to go. Well, I said, any time you want to uh, witness to me, come on back, boys. I'd be glad to have you. <laughs> I'd be glad to have you. And that's been my life now, right on from down, from down, from down, from down, from down. Town after town, church after church, debate after debate. When I came here, Pensacola, i debate. I've had three debates in this town. The first, when I first came here, that's been a long time ago. There was a preacher, a Methodist preacher by the name of Clifford Lewis. And he was preaching downtown in an old building. And I I thought he might have the Holy Ghost, and I stopped by there. I didn't have to do that. Once they said him preach. And while I was down there, the ch- Church of Christ and a delegation challenged him for a debate on water baptism, because he sprinkled, you see. And he told him, he said, well, he said, uh, you all can preach what you want to, and I'll preach what I want to, and and said, uh, we won't fuss about it. They jumped up and said, yeah, that's a way of false prophets. They won't be the gospel preacher. I stepped up, I said, pardon me, gentlemen. I'm not a false prophet. I don't believe you fellas are gospel preachers, but I'll take him. Maybe I'm the fellow he's looking for. <laughs> <laughs> that generated debate, we tied two big tents together. right across you the do there. have. Roped off 15 feet around and 5,000 people overnight for eight nights when I first came here. 5,000. I got acquainted in a hurry in this country here. And right in the middle of that debate, there's one of those women believed God, and he baptized her with the Holy Ghost, comes speaking in tongues, and shouting like we do. And then they had a, a rubbing doctor. He's dead now. And they thought she was having some kind of spell. And they ran out and got him to Coming down, he's trying to rub her. And I told him, I said, he'll never rub that out of her. <laughs> God done saved her. So she's laughing, telling me and wife, I foolish it was out <laughs> How I foolish it was that See, I said, never rub that out of her. I guarantee you that. And, and, and that on down, and uh, I have, uh, as I said, preached to thousands of people that never would have heard this message if I hadn't entered that field. I started to quit it one time. It got to be kind of bothersome to me. I had so many of them until I started to quit. And the Lord brought that scripture to my mind in Corinthians where it said, Some preach Christ of inman strife, some contention. It makes no difference. Christ was preaching you believed. And I gave me the chance to preach to thousands of people that otherwise would never heard this That's right. They would never heard it. But I was in Luxor, Egypt, way down where Moses was born, the baby. And we were in a hotel there, fixing to have dinner, and there's a bunch of Church of Christ people on a tour there, and somebody called my name, Welch. And one of them come over and said, you wouldn't by, by any means be the Mr. Welch. Says, "To debate with so many of our brethren, I said, I'm the guy. And uh, they were glad to see me, and they asked me to come over and pray with the food, and I did. And this minister's name was Mayo. And uh, coming back from Luxor to Cairo, Egypt, uh, we was on the plane, and he and I agreed to have a written debate on the Godhead. We was making out our plans, and the plane caught a fire, flying over Egypt's desert sands. And those Egyptians come in squealing like wild geese. So one side that thing went in the there, Finally got it out. Me and that fellow sitting there making our plans for this discussion <laughs> to be published in a book, and we agreed that each each one would give 30 minutes, approximately 30 minutes in writing, and uh, if he faltered, the uh, he it a page within 90 days. Well, I think we'd had two or three uh, exchange of writings. And and he, he didn't write. So finally wrote me a letter, told me that his wife had died. And I, of course, was sorry to hear that. And then he wrote me another one and said, Mr. Wells, I, I didn't tell you, but said she killed herself. He said, I've been on a psychiatrist's treatment, but I wrote him back I said, Mr. Mayor, I understand that. I said, I'm awful sorry this happened. And I said, we'll just forget the 98 period, and if you get to where you can, we'll continue the book. I think he sent me one more written article, that's the last article. I don't, know what it be- don't even know what it became of him. But that started in Luxor, Egypt, way down when I was a baby. <laughs> right. Brother Walsh, why don't we,
0: uh, I'd like you to tell him tonight about the time that you joined the church and didn't even know it. Oh, yeah, I went to some kind of a meeting. I th- this was back, back when you was just a young,
1: young Yeah, probably at Pentecost. They had what they call a protracting meetings, protracting meetings. And I attended one, the preacher preached on hell, I mean, hot. Mm. It did scare me. we got through, I went up and asked him to pray for me. And, you know, I had them coming up. and I went back to my seat and my brother Howard had come with me. He'd been outside. and come back in. I told him I went up there and he said, you never done no said thing. I said, you're lying like a dog truck. <laughs> I said, I'm not lying. After I'd have got enough courage to go up there, I hate he didn't believe it. I said, To show you or not, if you go back with me, we'll go back. Well me and him both went up and while back there and they changed the rig around on the platform and joined the church. Me and him both joined and didn't know it. <laughs> 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 but when I got the Holy Ghost, the cats and dogs knew it around I tell you. <laughs>
0: so, yeah, I knew it when I got the Holy Ghost. Brother Wells, why don't we uh, kinda uh, start winding this down. See if there's some, somebody may have a question here tonight. They would that they would like to ask you. We don't want to uh, tire you out for sure. But uh, well, yeah. I don't care. I can answer it. Right. I always say I don't know. So anybody got uh, <laughs> you like to ask a question? Maybe about his early life and in, in church of Brother newer What year was your first debate, sir? What year? Was what year was your first debate? That was with Oliver. Oh,
1: Brother Newman, I believe it was about let me see now. I had probably preached mm. i have been preaching probably about two years when I had the first one. That would have to be in the twenties. Yeah, way back there. It was in the Cajun country down on um, St. Landry Parish in Louisiana. And uh, that was my first one. And my last one was up at Georgie with a young fellow by the name of Cook. Nice young man. We were on the godhead and we were able to ask each other seven questions in writing. Submit them and he answered when he got up. A lot of time in the base you do that. My questions to Mr. Cook were these. Is the church the wife of Jesus Christ? That's number one. Second, is Jesus Christ the husband of the church? And number two. Third one, if the church is the wife of Jesus Christ, and he's the husband, and she has children, who's the father of them? <laughs> he never come out of He never will. Four hundred years before Christ was born. Prophet Isaiah speaking of it said, "Until the child is born, the son of him the government shall be. When he showed his name, he should be called one of a council. The mighty
0: God, the everlasting Father. That's right, brother. Why don't you describe some of your uh, uh, big, you uh, had service at, like a brush over? Some of these people probably never heard of a brush over. Kind of describe what it was and how you built it." And- well, you see, it was to burn down when it Brush, or you just put up a lot of posts in the ground, and well, what and kind of posts are you talking about? You talking about you just cut down a tree and use that for posts? Yeah, a post. that's okay. true. Totally yeah. Won't you describe the park, it? just right? did put poles across and cover the top of the brush. That made shady,
1: kept the door off at night. And I have a meeting in Mississippi where Gamlin Brother Gamlin got saved, He and his family. He, he made one of the best preachers at Pentecost. I baptized him in ice water. And uh, it stuck real good down through the years. Right. But anyway, in this meeting, we had on top of a hill, 16 miles behind the courthouse. And uh, just a good class of farming people all through there. And there was, uh, the people got saved. I mean, we had a great. Uh, Three or four churches, I think, sprung from that later in that part of the country, our faith. But anyway, uh, a funny thing that happened there, there's a man by the name of Fortenberry, I never shall forget him. and his last ambition was to be constable. He finally got elected as constable out there, right on along the church. He got him two pistols, not one but two, buckled one on each side, he got him a blackjack, and uh, a lot of bond papers, and some old boys knew it. They went down this brush over there on top of the hill, and they went out a way to stretch a tight barbed wire from one pine tree to another, just about, about knee high. They got a bottle of water. He thought it was quite light in whiskey, and uh, where he could see it. So here he, he took after them. He hooked up both them guns, he said, stop the name of the Lord. About that time he hit them wire and he just rolled. <laughs> he just rolled down that hill. <laughs> and all such things as that, see, I can remember. And that, that meeting, gets shook that country for
0: miles, that's right. <laughs> but uh, you might ask me what happened. What kind of lights did y'all have? What, what kind of, was it big electric lights? What did y'all have? <laughs> We'd go to the funeral home and get fans.
1: They'd give us fans to advertise the funeral home. We just had fans. But uh, there was no air condition and <coughs> we didn't have electric lights. We had uh, uh, gas liners. These kind of pump up, you know, coal monitors, put gas in them, and pump them up, and we had gas liners. I was holding a brush harbor meeting up at Louisville, Mississippi, and I like a fellow threw a brickbat at me and there's a car park with the baby in the front seat, just like that. And that big bat went through that car windshield and spattered glass at the baby's face. I run back out in the back with a bunch of men. I said, I said, oh, have I done that? I said, you have got the principle of a dog. I said, if you got a thing against me, I'll be here when this is over. Take it out on me. Don't throw a big bat amongst a bunch of women and babies. Two weeks from that time, he drove a gravel truck. Two weeks from that time, that truck turned over and buried him in gravel. He died wanting to hear me sing a song. I don't know if anybody knew it. Another time in Philadelphia, Mississippi, you know, sometimes people can testify wrong. There's been a man in that country, he was a, he was a chief bootlegger, but he's well liked. See, and, uh, and he made a lot of money and helped a lot of poor people, kind of like a robin hood of his time. And a woman got him one night, testified. And she mentioned him, and somebody threw a brick bed and hit that woman up there. Boy, she felt like she'd shot her with a forty-five Colts pistol. I mean, she hit the ground like she's dead. But, uh, and I could just go on about those kind of things, because used to, people would fight over religion. They, they don't believe it enough not to fight over <laughs> God bless you, honey, you do your thing, and I'll do mine they haven't got enough convictions. Most people have that religion today. They more get real strong about it. They, they haven't got enough conviction about it, that's right. I believe that. Now, in the realm of uh, baptizing people, I baptized a lot of people, I, I baptized a lot of preachers. I baptized a bunch of preachers in Florida. Uh, I baptized. I held a meeting one time down here in. When I came to Florida, I didn't intend to come to Florida. I was going back to California. And I met a man up in Mississippi that came from Alabama, wanted me to come build a church down here, which people live. They live in Alabama. And I stayed my first night when the, he was a woods foreman, and when he cut out in same Juan, Mississippi, he got a job in Carroll, Florida, as <laughs> woods foreman. First night I ever stayed in Florida was in Carrollville. I put up a temp there and baptized 47 people in three weeks. Wallsop were Seminary God people, in Jesus' name, and baptized three preachers in that time. Three, two Seminary God preachers, one Church of God preacher. Went from that of Warsaw, Florida, and baptized a three-year-old Baptist preacher. His name was Hudson. And he had a blonde headed girl, never forget it. She played a guitar, poor thing had been up so much. She was sitting on a bench in, under this tenth edge of it and went to sleep and fell right out the floor. <laughs> <laughs> Ept up, she'd see me have that. Face turned just as red. She couldn't have it. That's her heart. She fell out there. But anyway, on and on and on this went until my life's been filled with that. I've had a a real good life. I've had a good life. And I've had a full life. I've had a life of happy people, building churches. When I went to Montgomery, Alabama, me and Brother Gamlin, started that church in Montgomery. We said, West End, that's the meanest part of Montgomery. Put up a tent, we didn't have money to put lights in it. I went to a Jew and bought $15 and bought me two lanterns. And uh, we started old oh, gambling. Yeah, Earl's people were pretty well fixed. seat. We spent every bit of our money, got under one dime. I said, Earl, this is it, boy. We, we bought a box of raisins when we get to that old tent, you But when I walked under that tent the first time, the power of God fell on me, and I knew this a work of the Lord there. I knew that. We, a man's little boy had cancer, pelvis bone, he was seven years old. He was a preacher. We, we helped him and prayed for his little boy, and I baptized him, he was a Trinitarian. And he worked in a store, and he just began to bring us groceries piled. We had plenty to eat, and all that. And I had one or two debates in Montgomery. I had one with a far-baptized holiness preacher, and he didn't know very much. He, he uh, got up and said, he said, glory to God. we we'll get him with this one. And uh, he got up and said, glory to God. I said, if Brother Walsh showed me one place in the Bible where the Bible called Jesus Lord a the of it all the way through, I said, I'll let him baptize me tonight. So Tell me his capital letters all the way through, it's God the Father, and with the ca- his first letters, capital rest Lord, small, since God the Son. He so me he showed me one place where it's called Jesus, God, with capital letters all the way through, let him baptize me. I, what I got up is his name was Orange. I said, "Bro Orange, you bank clothes, long long. baptized in? I said, if you're a truthful man, I'm going to baptize you this night. And I told the audience, I said, now I didn't make the man say that, you heard him. You heard him make that statement. I said, now, if he's an honest man, we'll find out in a few minutes. I turned to Revelation, the 19th chapter, where Christ was coming back with that title on him, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. It's ever been kept letters. Mm-hmm. I said, read it, Doc, let's go to the water. <laughs> <laughs> I turned to the audience, I said, now, if any of you doubt it, come up here and read it yourself. Come here and read it yourself. That's right. So I'm out a time. I sure have The Lord did good to me my health has set up real good and i've got a lot to be thankful for now is there any question that some of you would like to ask me what's your question
0: um this isn't pertaining to you necessarily but when did our church establish where it became nationwide you mean when this church was established
1: Well, uh, the latter rain and the Holy Ghost began about the turn of this century. In California, in Azusa Street, there was a bunch of what was called holiness people. They taught a clean life and uh, I went to the house where the first woman in the latter rain got the Holy Ghost. It's in Los Angeles. And I went to Azusa Street, there's a Japanese shop center there now, but we had service there, Brother Kilgore preached little uh, square like there and uh, that's the history of the latter rain the Holy Ghost. Then a fellow by the name of Ralph Cook and uh, I'll think of the other fellow's name in a little bit got the revelation of baptism in Jesus name. Just the Holy Ghost came and the revelation of that just showed up when the latter rain the Holy Ghost come here it got started. And Ralph Cook went to the north and he baptized Churches, at, Chichi Haywood had a church in Indianapolis, I guess nearly a thousand members. They were all baptized in Jesus' name and accepted throughout the whole country. The, the latter rain had come. The Bible teaches two rains of the Holy Ghost. The first rain started when the day of Pentecost, so rained for some time, and then it was driven underground by man-made philosophy and theologies and then the period of time between the early latter rain was called a famine, when there'd be no living waters. There'd be people that live right, there'd be righteous people, and in the great white throne judgment in the world to come, there'd be a difference between a holy man and a righteous man. A holy man is a man that's got the Holy Ghost, a righteous man is a man that lives right without him, which half between the time the early latter rain and the Holy Ghost. But now when the latter rain and the Holy Ghost came, the judges had didn't accept the truth, begin to go backward in their living and in their teaching and their preaching. You'd get more worldly, more worldly, more worldly all the time. They turn the truth down. And the latter rain, the Holy Ghost is just about over. I'll tell you where you find it. Turn to the fifth chapter of James, and it reads like this Go to now, you rich men, weep and howl, for your miseries that shall come upon you. Your riches shall grow your gold, and silver, is king, and the rest of them shall eat your flesh the fire. You keep treasures together for the last days. When I was a boy, a millionaire was something we never heard of, a dime a dozen now. And it's an absolutely outstanding sign of the second coming of Christ. Now this president's election coming up here, one of the big factors between, in this president's election is that they want to pass laws to take their money away from the man that's got it, that's right. That's one of the factors in this, in this present election. But going on down that chapter, the seventh verse, he said, Be patient, therefore, brethren, unto the coming of the Lord. Let's read, Behold, the husband of man waited for the precious fruit of the earth, and hath long patience for it until you received the early and latter rain. The latter rain's about over. And you people that got in, before it was over, you can forever be thankful that you found this truth in your lifetime. That's right. Now, when it's over, uh, in Psalm of Solomon, uh, there's a scripture, there's a scripture speaking to, about the church, Christ speaking to the church. My loved one said me, Rise up my love, my fair one, and come away. Though the winter's past; the rain is over and gone. And when the last Gentile gets the Holy Ghost, he's going to get it, then this, this Gentile parts through forever. That's right. You can rapture your church out of this world. And then the storms are going to break in Georgia. That's right. You haven't heard of nothing that's going to hit this world yet. The world's getting ready for it right now. That's right. You never saw a country in your life, in your lifetime, as far trenched in sin as this country is right now. And, and there can't nobody do anything about it. The government's not doing anything about it. I went out here today to visit a man in jail, and he told me this. I think he said 1,200 men out there in jail. I think he told me that ever prisoners full, insane would say full, and no place to put them And crime is just like a cancer inside of a nation, just eating, 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 just like a cancer inside. And the first thing in the north is going to run. It's just about done nothing. Now, if you've got the Holy Ghost, you got baptized in Jesus, and if you live right, that's included in this uh, if you live right, the rapture could take place any time. That's right, I believe that. In fact, I know it. If you live right now, if you don't live right, Jesus said this, when I say to one, I said, to all, be ready. For in such an hour as you think not, the Son of Man is coming. And you, now, you get in the church, and some people do get in the church, and they, they never get the vision of what it means to be anchored so strong until nothing can change them from God. You see, God's a jealous God. He said, you'll have no other God before me. He said that. He meant it. You know what he said and said what he meant. You'll have another God before me. And that's true. Well now you can't just blind your mind to the Bible. There are people that do that. There are people who want to sin and they they don't want to go to hell. See it's frightening the daylights out of them, think they're going to hell. But yet they don't have they don't have enough in them enough convincing through their minds about the Word of God to live for him. That's right. And that and that's a name just to trying to leave them. That's right. Because in that then you you can blind the, the scriptures to your own mind. The apostle Paul said in second in the fourth chapter, if our gospel be his he them, the lost in whom Satan has blinded their minds. Blinded their minds. Lest the glorious light of the gospel would shine on them and they would be saved. Blinded their minds. I'll guarantee you that you little group that to you're night, in your lifetime, that Satan has presented to you in your mind that uh, I know the Bible said that, but I, I I just don't know. I know the Bible said that, but but I don't know whether I can live like that or not. I'm not going to ask you to tell them confess it. You see, I'm just telling you it's more likely to happen to you. You see, I know I know about that. That's right, blind your mind. So now you
0: don't let that happen. Another question, Brother Welch. Why don't we? Uh Why don't we cut it off on that? We're going to do this again. Let me answer uh, her.
1: There won't be anybody else getting the Holy Ghost after the church's rapture.
0: Is that right? Elaborating the Holy Ghost building. Right, that's what I thought. The question was, will anybody receive the Holy Ghost after the rapture of the church? We're going to do this again. And uh, Brother West has got a lot more that he can say, a lot more good stories about how he has come to uh, to where he is now. And uh, you're talking about back in the 20s, you're talking about a different world back there. But we're glad everybody came. And we'll let you know plenty of time again when we're going to have an evening with the parson. Now, pardon me, Mr. Paul. The world's changed, but
1: his word hasn't. Right. Remember that. The world's changed, but his word
0: hasn't changed. Right. Right. You do have to worry, otherwise, he's got plenty to say. <laughs> and. Uh, All we'd like for you to do is to uh, encourage other people, especially those that are newer in the church to come and hear this because this is something that's very, very good. Amen. God bless you and we're going to cut it off right here. Thank you. We hope you enjoyed this message. Please reach out to us if you have any questions. We can be found at firstpent.org That's F-I-R-S-T P-E-N-T dot org. If you're ever in Pensacola, Florida, we hope you visit us. Be blessed in Jesus' name.